0: Thank you for listening to the Streams Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community that strives to know Jesus and make Him known. If you like our podcast, subscribe and leave us a great rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you and we hope you enjoy. I'm going to bring my wife Susie up. She has a little quick word to share. Give her a hand.
1: I just, thank you. No need. No need for a hand. Um, I just felt like the Lord wants me to just speak this out over You guys, I felt like I received a little, like, word, if you will. This morning, as I was, um, I came to church and I was doing all the preparations for kids' church, and my phone, which is relatively new, and we all know now phones are like $1 million. No longer can you buy a phone for, you know, a reasonable price. And of course, Cheapskate, Sean, and I don't believe in protection, so we never get the, like, no insurance. Yeah, we never do the insurance. We just hope and pray to Jesus in heaven above. (laughs) (laughs) That's our insurance. Um, And I drop my phone in the kids' bathroom on the tile. I pick up my phone, and the whole screen is shattered. And I'm like, no, Lord. Oh, this is not good, because we don't have insurance. And then I touch it, and I get a little sliver of, like, the glass in my thumb. And I start bleeding. And I'm like, oh, great. Now I have injury upon injury. (laughs) Don't worry. I'm fine. Um, And I was looking at it, and I'm just like, you know how you're just, I'm like, oh no, and Miles is like, are you okay, Mom? I'm in the bathroom. I'm fine, you know? Um, And I come out, and I'm, I'm going to find someone to show the demise of my phone, and I look closely, and I had forgotten that I had put a protector on it, and I pulled up the protector, and the whole protector was shattered, but my phone is absolutely perfect. And I felt like the Lord spoke directly to my heart, that this was a house blessing. And I think that he wants to let you know that though things may look like destruction has come upon you, he is your protector. Mm, that's good. You do not need to go into 2023 with a spirit of fear in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. You, we, don't, we don't do that here at Streams. We're going to walk in the boldness of our protector And I just want to read you a quick verse that just kind of states what he actually says this about a hundred. If you actually, this is a fun thing. If you look up the word destruction in your, I'm sorry, protection in your Bible app, it will give you one million verses, just so you know. But I'm going to read you this one. In famine, he will deliver you from death. And in battle from the stroke of the sword, you will be protected from the lash of the tongue and need not fear when destruction comes, this is where it gets really good. You will laugh at destruction and famine, and you need not fear the wild animals, for you will have a covenant with the stones of the field, and the wild animals will be at peace with you. You will know that your tent is secure, and you will take stock of your property and find nothing is missing. Man. I agree, that deserves a clap. The Lord is in the business of protecting this house. And you are in this house. And I believe he is protecting his children in this hour. So if there's anything that looks like it's shattered in your life, be not afraid. He's got you covered.
0: Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you for that. Let's just go ahead and pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, that you are our protection, that you are our strong tower. And we look to you right now for those who are in darkness, who are in confusion, who look to this new year with almost a spirit of heaviness or dread. We want to keep our eyes fixed on you because that is where our hope comes from. So God, I pray that you would make us as this house strong, stable, secure, renewed, and rejuvenated for your glory, that we could be a light shining out in the darkness. I pray that you would bring people who need to hear this message, who need to feel the love of these people through and in Christ Jesus. Bring them here in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Welcome, everybody. Happy New Year. Thank you for that word. That was good. Did you like that? Man, Susie should just speak all the time. That'd be so good. (laughs) Um, I'm, I'm kind of excited about the New Year. I just was praying... And I was thinking about all the different things that are upcoming and things I want to do, projects and all these things. And I just, I just kind of felt like this is the year for Streams Church to really kind of re-secure things and to get this house in order. And I want to update and I want to renew. And I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm reminded of the verse where um, I think it was Paul that says, hey, in Rome I want to be like the Romans and I don't want any hindrance for people who come in here to be like oh this is not my type of place or this is not new or nice or whatever I don't need fancy things we have the Spirit of God in this house and that's what I want the most but I don't want people to come in and use our bathrooms and be like oh this is definitely not the place for me right? I mean, I know we, we're very braggadocious about our bathrooms, if you've been in there, but I want to remodel those suckers, right? Like, I want to I get some new carpet. I would love... To, here's, here's my prayer request for 2023. I want there to be new carpet for Isaac and Haley's wedding here in this church. Wouldn't that be awesome? Anyways, uh, they're getting married March 18th? Yes. Yeah, so, um, I just thought, you know what? I want to really like remodel and get the house in order because I feel like people are coming and there's new growth and there's new homes and there's new subdivisions and there's new things and I want them to come into a place where they feel warm and great because you people are wonderful. I brag about you all the time and what's interesting is they're building this road out there. It's so inconvenient right now and they're ripping everything up and the first question that I ask the city is, are you expanding the road? That's what my question was and they said no as a matter of fact we've paved this little strip and you could actually see where there is new asphalt but all this old asphalt needs to be ripped up and I says, okay well that's great and they said actually we need to take the asphalt off and then we need to dig underneath that to create a space and a new foundation for the new asphalt to stand on and we can seam everything together and I thought even God's doing a work in the road that we might not be expanding but we're getting healthier we're renewing things it still works it's still great and God's not gonna move bigger or more powerful if we have new bathrooms (laughs) or new carpet but you know what when people come in here I want them to be I just want them to be at home I want them to be safe I want them to find Jesus here because that's really the whole heart of this and as we're talking about this message um, you hear so much stuff in the, in the news about resolutions and all. Um, any of you guys made any new resolutions? Any of you hate resolutions? Wow, is there any, there's nobody who made resolutions, okay. Well, here's, here's the stat. I did some stats, I did some homework for you, and there's 38 percent of Americans that make New Year's resolutions. 38 percent. Now, I went on further and we have a little vote here's a little vote here's the here's the multiple cho- choice oh, multiple choice question what percentage of new year's resolutions are kept after 6 months is it a 14% 46% or 67% who says a who says b who says c wow it's actually c you guys wow So surprising. I will say there is an interesting tidbit to this. After two weeks, the number goes down to 73%. So 25% of the people drop out in the first two weeks. So if you want to go to the gym, just wait two weeks, it'll be 25% less crowded. (laughs) So okay, next question. What are the most popular New Year's resolutions? Is it A, lose weight, get fit, B, live healthier, a balanced lifestyle, healthy, all this stuff, or C, pay off that. Who says A? Who says B? Who says C? All right, well, according to the healthyhabits.com, B is the correct answer. B is the correct answer. People want to have this healthy lifestyle. And maybe you don't have a resolution, but you do, you look back at last year and you think of all the good stuff, you think of all the challenges you think of all that's gone on and you do look forward to this year and you're like you know what maybe you're saying I do need to watch what I eat more I do want to make sure my finances are in in order I want to be more kind more patient a better spouse a better coworker, a better friend I want to be more generous I want to live more in balance and you read all these articles and you're like I need this in my life I want to read this book and you want to better yourself And so I thought, you know what, let's talk a little bit about resolutions, let's talk about why they work, let's talk about what the Bible says about resolutions, and then I want to do a little bit of a shift, and I want to, I want to explore what the Bible has to say when people we love, when people we care about are making poor decisions, when they aren't being better people, what's our response as Christians to those types of people? So are you guys ready? I have a lot of verses to cover. Um, before I kick into it, I came across a verse that Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, he shares, like, here's the reason why I give my instruction. And me, as your pastor, I have, like, this one key element, that more than anything else I could teach you, I want to do this. But before I tell you that, let's see what Paul says. 1 Timothy Chapter 1, verse 5, the purpose of my instruction, Paul says, is that all believers would be filled with love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and genuine faith. That's that's wonderful. Genuine faith, clear conscience, pure heart, filled with love. That is awesome. I think my target, the purpose of my teaching, is that I could point you to Jesus Christ that is really my number one desire that's my number one hope for people because the reality is this I can't save you I don't know what the best choice for your life is I don't know whether you should take this job or this job I don't know whether you should buy that house or stay where you're at but I know that Jesus who has just like Ryan shared Jeremiah 21 29, 11 he does know the plans and purposes for your life and they are good plans and so I want to point you to Jesus because I want you to rely on his voice I want to rely I want you to rely on his leading because that's the best place as your pastor I could put you and so as we talk about resolutions um, I want to make streams a place to where you can feel safe where you can come in here and you can put down your burdens and your struggles and your fears and just worship God and say, God, I'm here and I want to take advantage of this time. I've carved out this time. I've got ready. I've come to church. I've worked through all the traffic construction. And God, I just want to hear you. I want to worship you. I want to say thank you. And I just want to make space. And that's why we do the events that we do. That's why we have Sunday morning, It's where we can come together. Have you ever got um, your smartphone, obviously you have, and you pull up an app, right? You wanna check the movie times, and you're like, okay, I just wanna open up this app, and all of a sudden it doesn't work. It says, oh, you need to, a stupid update. (laughs) I just, is the movie on now or not, right? And it takes you to this page, and you have to put in your password and all this stuff, and then it downloads, and finally you get the information, or finally you can check your bank balance, or whatever. You see, we need updates. We can't live life apart from God. Apart from God, we can do nothing. And so this is like a chance for us to say, okay, Lord, all these things are clogging up my mind. I just need to hear you. I just need that healthy Lifestyle in your mind, in your soul, in your spirit, and that's why we come, and that's why we worship. So let me let me put it to you this way. I'm, I'm again, I'm a visual person. We have you right, and you have all these things that you want to do, all these healthy habits. You can put up that slide here. This is going to really impress you. This artwork here. Um, we don't need to seek change. We need to seek change maker. Yeah, that was in my notes. That's a really solid point. Okay, next slide, here we go. (laughs) Oh my gosh, am I let that off? Is it up there, the little picture of the person? Oh, there it is, yes! There it is, there it is. Okay, so here's you and here's your good habits. You wanna be kind and you wanna be patient. You wanna be people who are healthy and joyous, debt-free, balanced, full purpose see you can go for these things but here's my purpose here's my heart for you I want Jesus to be the target I want you to look to Jesus and he is going to be the author and the finisher of your faith. he is going to help you be better at life and he also makes life better when Jesus is your number one priority you will have purpose and hope he is the best version of you he will lead you to that place when you're like okay Lord, I'm not going to trust on my own thoughts, my own ideas but instead I want to seek you I want to place you first in my life that's when God can begin to really move and work in your life and so this is my commercial um, pause for you I want us to really put an emphasis on prayer this year and so I came up with an idea that I just want next week to be purposeful to be for about prayer and fasting and So I know that there's some churches that do a 21 day or two week But I thought you know what everybody can do one week where you can change your rhythm of prayer And you can add a little bit more prayer to the rhythm of your life just for one week So next Sunday at noon we are going to start prayer week and we're going to end the following Sunday at noon and some people you are invited to fast and pray that is a very powerful experience if you've never done that I really encourage you contact me I will send you some information about prayer and fasting but if you need to hear God's voice that is a wonderful way to position yourself but no matter what you do maybe you set an alarm on your phone I've done it in the past where at five o'clock I'll set my alarm and I pray for five minutes at five in the morning and at five at night and you can do it at six or whatever you want to do or you pray with your spouse or you take time to have a, a private devotion before you get started. Whatever it looks like, for seven days, let us make prayer a greater emphasis in our life. Because that is going to be the update that you need. I don't have the answers for you, but I know the one who does. And so I want to encourage you to let God transform you in that time. So, um, back to the message. Why do resolutions not work for very long why is it just a short amount of time that resolutions work I think about the way scripture tells us that God changes a person because I know the person I was before I let God be number one position and the person that I am now and these people are different people how does that process work well Romans 12, 12, this is a great verse. If you don't have this verse highlighted, you can use your phone. This is a wonderful one to highlight. It tells us how God begins to change our lives. It says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you. Say, transform you. How does he do this? How does God transform us into a new person? He does it by changing the way that we think. Then you will know God's will for your life which is good and pleasing and perfect transformation equals time with God in order for him to renew your mind and change the way that you think you have to give him time and space and that's prayer that's worship that's church that's small groups I want small groups to really get bigger traction we're gonna have rooted again Um, coming up but we have a lot of fun things planned for January and February but we're gonna have a time of prayer on Wednesday so not this Wednesday but during that prayer week we're gonna have a space where we can come in and we just want to pray for people we just want to give you space to pray we're gonna have some worship and we're just gonna have a prayer a night of prayer on Wednesday so you're invited to that as well but that's how God begins to to renew you so that leads to the question of, Pastor Sean, where's this all going to? What does God want to transform me into? What is the person that God wants me to be? Let's say I buy into this. Where is this path going to lead me? I'm so glad you asked that question. I have an answer for you. It's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. It says, Now the, the Lord is spirit, and where there's... The Spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. Aren't you glad that God gives us freedom? And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, here you go. We are being transformed into his image. That's where the path is going. An ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is Spirit. So God is transforming us to the image of his son, to the image of Christ and the scripture says in first Peter it says you must be holy because I am holy so he's leading us down this path he's leading us down this journey to where we are more holy we're more committed we're better people and we're more like Christ where people look at you and they're like there's something different about you there's something different about you So. Um, I want to read Romans 5, it says, we can now rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. I like this verse because when we do say, okay, Lord, I get it. I surrender. I want you to make me the person that you want me to be. That transition, (laughs) that renewing of your mind isn't always easy. It's not fun or spectacular, often it's very difficult it's a challenging process it's a messy process to renew and to restore anybody who's remodeled the kitchen let me see your hands that's a that's a wonderful fun experience isn't it (laughs) we all laugh because like inevitably when you follow christ you will run into problems you will run into tragedy and difficult times and that's why we say we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us to develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. We're reminded that we're not living a life just to gain the most fun, the most entertainment, the most satisfaction from this life on earth. We're living for the future hope that God calls us to. So, What if somebody turns away from God? What if somebody chooses to make poor choices that affect you, that affect your family, that they are in sin and they're doing stuff and it's hurting those who care and who love around them? Or maybe they've just said, you know what, I used to go to church, I used to do the Christian thing, but I'm just kinda tired, I think I'm just gonna check out. What do we, as followers of Christ, what do we do? What's the instruction that God gives us? 1 Timothy 1, 8 through 11 tells us a little bit about this. It says this. It says, We know that the law is good when used correctly. For the law was not intended for people who do what is right. It is for people who are lawless and rebellious, who are ungodly and sinful, who consider nothing sacred and defile what is holy, who kill their father and mother or commit other murders. The law is for people who are sexually immoral, or who practice homosexuality, or are slaves, traders, they're liars, promise breakers, or who do anything else that contradicts the wholesome teaching that comes from the glorious good news entrusted to me by our blessed God. Paul's telling Timothy, and he's kind of listing these different sins: sexual people who practice homosexual activity liars promise breakers anyone who does anything that's contrary to wholesome teaching and I think the problem with the culture is is we are seeing signs of an antichrist where now culture says the things that are bad they're not bad they're actually good and the things that we considered good are bad and it's beginning to shift and you know what there's kind of like or this holy justification that's like, no, that's not right. I don't like how our culture's going. I don't like how our country's going. So, what do we do? What do we do when we love these people and they're caught up in the wake of this? That's a really good question. That's a really good question. The Bible does give us insight to this. In 2 Timothy 4 3, it says, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom here's the thing there's a lot at stake there's a lot at stake when you choose to do something that you know is wrong and you're like it's gonna be okay God's gonna forgive me realize that according to God's word it says we will someday be judged you will give an account to God for your actions And that's why it's so important to have Jesus as your Savior, to where he takes the punishment of your sin. He is our righteousness. The verse continues to go. It says, this is our task. This is my task. This is the elder's task, the leader's task. It says in verse 2, preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct. Patiently rebuke and encourage your people with good teaching that's my job my job is to preach the Word of God that's why you know what there's sometimes that we do a topical thing but often we're just gonna go through God's Word it's so important that's why I'm excited to launch Philippians next week we're just gonna go through it's my job to preach the Word of God because that's the power that's the transformation and Verse 3, here's the scary part. I don't like this part. There's a time that's coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They're saying, you know what, this is is what I want to do. Some people say it's wrong. Maybe the church says it's wrong. Maybe the Bible says it's wrong it's still something that I want to do. How do we navigate that? Because Hebrews says that it is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. It is a fearful thing. I don't want to sugarcoat this. It is important to live holy. And God helps us live that way. We don't have to white knuckle it and be like, okay, okay going to exercise seven days a week (laughs) be like Lord would you renew my mind would you help me understand the way that you want me to manage my finances the way that you want me to manage my health and my eating habits the way that you want Lord I need help in dealing with this person with this relative (laughs) and he says that he will be that person that will help transform the way that you think you don't have to change everything. But you, as you submit to God, he will help you that. So Jesus is truly the target. Paul gives us interesting instructions. This is what Paul did. And here's how he spoke to Timothy with people who have turned away from faith. In verse 19 of chapter 1, he says, Cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear for some people have deliberately violated their conscience and as a result their faith has been shipwrecked I say shipwrecked Hymenus and us and alexander are two examples of this i threw them out and handed them over to satan so they might not learn to blaspheme god have you ever heard that in church i don't think i've ever heard I've turned them over to Satan. That is harsh, you guys. Ouch. I don't, I mean, he's using some really strong language. Shipwrecked, their faith has been shipwrecked. That's not like a little fender bender, (laughs) right? Where state State Farm comes and gives you a rental car and fixes your, like shipwrecked back there. They didn't have insurance. It was a total loss. It was destruction. It was catastrophic. And he's saying, guys, cling to your faith in Christ. Keep Christ as your target. Keep your conscience clear, second part, for some people have missed the boat. And he's turned them over to Satan. I've found that some people who have kind of set on sin, maybe they're set on, you know what, my marriage isn't bringing me happiness. I love this person. I fell in love with them. I'm gonna continue in my affair with this person and I'm going to divorce and I'm gonna marry this person. Or I'm gonna continue to use drugs. I'm gonna continue to make unhealthy choices. I'm gonna gamble. I'm gonna sports bet on money I don't have. I'm going to be impaired when I drink and drive. Like, these are really bad choices. <laughs> and, and I just lack the words to communicate. There's nothing I can say to these people. I love these people. Like, I, I spend time and I get to know people on the street. And I'm like, what drugs are you struggling with? And they'll list off the stuff. I'm like, how's it going for you? And there's, I can't just say, you know, what, you know what a really good idea would for you to be? is just to stop doing drugs. <laughs> and they never turn to me and say, I've never thought of that a great idea i think i'm gonna get my life together thank you you know have you ever experienced that frustration where you're just like time out but the choices you're making are going to be bad for your life and they're hindering your kids and they're hindering the people that you love so what do we do how do we point them to jesus And as Christians, let's be honest, we are guilty of kind of classifying different sins, right? Gluttony doesn't really come high on our level. (laughs) We have potlucks and, you know, like, eh, I mean, I was gluttonous on Christmas. I overate my calorie intake for, you know, FDA standards or whatever. Like, but that's not that big of a deal, right? Or gossip, you know, hey, here's what you got to know about this person. Let's pray right let's talk bad about a person and i just want you to know you know like that's not big sin but oh my goodness they cheated on their spouse or they did this or did oh man those are huge sins right here's what we have to be aware of i'll be honest with you i have never suffered under so much depression that i've ever thought about taking my life I've never had suicidal thoughts. I've never had same-sex attraction. I've never dealt with anxiety so strong that I can't even get out of bed. But when somebody comes to me and they're dealing with those types of issues, I need to be sensitive. And I need to say, you know what, I don't know what you're going through, but I know that God can help you. And I'm not gonna assume that you're demon possessed or whatever, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause and I'm gonna say, Holy Spirit, how can I minister to this person? Because I don't want to judge them. I don't want to say something shallow like, you know what? The Bible says not to fear. You have so much to live for. Look at the people who love you. That's ridiculous. Don't take your life. Don't be anxious about anything. That's what Jesus said. Amen. Let's go. Let's go to Bible study. Like I those are true statements, but they don't bring the help that that person needs. So I want to be sensitive to dealing with them. And here's here's, here's a verse that really gives us some concrete instructions on how to help. Here's our part to do. Second, um, excuse me, 1 Timothy chapter 2 1 and 2. It says, I urge you first of all to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Isn't God the one that can help people? It's not our words. We can't send them an article or a post or pray for my friend who's struggling and post it on social media. That's probably not going to be the right choice. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for all kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. What I see is for us to make sure that we are God that we have dignity, that we are to pray for people, that we're to cling to God, to ask God to help them. So I, I just pray for my friend who's making wrong choices, and I pray that you would intervene in their life only the way that you can, that you would protect them. I'm thankful for this person, I love this person. Would you intervene in their life? Because here's what I realized, I was that guy. I was the one who knew that I shouldn't do these things but there was no talking me out of them I was still gonna do that way I'm still gonna live that way i was still gonna make the wrong choices but it says that Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith and you know what I trust God that you have the pen and you are writing a great story in this person's faith so continue to work in them and may it be for your glory when they do turn around May it be for your glory. The worship band can come up. I want to close on just this one thought. In Matthew 18, there's a parable that Jesus shares about the lost sheep. A lot of you are familiar with it. How many sheep were there? There was a hundred, right? And one got out and got loose. And so the shepherd, loving that sheep, went to find and rescue that one sheep. You know what I realize that's interesting about that story, that parable? The parable is this. Jesus is the shepherd. God is the shepherd, and we are the sheep. What you don't see is the best friend of the sheep that got out go after and find his friend and rescue his friend. You don't see the shepherd say, hey, you who know that sheep really well, why don't five or six of you guys go and rescue that one lost sheep? Isn't that interesting? they're to stay put, they're to stay safe in that pen, and God goes after and finds that one sheep. I think there's some truth to that, to say, you know what, my job is to pray, to ask God for help, to seek Him to be pure myself, and to keep my eyes truly open. Heavenly Father, I just thank you that you are faithful as we, as we sung, that though our lives, though my life I chose to do wrong, you in your grace have written a wonderful story of faith. And Jesus, for those who are weary, those who have given up on you, God, we pray for restoration in their life, for family members who don't know you. For children who are not making the right choices. For coworkers or neighbors. For those who are affected by the sin of other people's choices. God, would you heal and restore them? God, would you give us grace and us mercy and us patience to deal with their actions? May we be a people who are full of dignity and love. God, I thank you that you are coming back for us spotless. And God, would you do a revival in your church? Start with us. God, lead us in this prayer. Begin to, to shape us to where we can really spend time with you in prayer this two weeks from now. God, we worship you and we thank you for this time, that on January 1st we can put you first, that we can acknowledge you, that you are where our hope comes.